We're here! We're back! <laughs> oh. After 10,000 years, I'm free. <laughs> That's how I feel every time we record a show. I know. Have I made that joke before? Nope. Good. I don't Good. think so. We were just talking about how they're doing less, few, fewer, fewer. Paper, uh, pay-per-views <laughs> in, 20, in 2018. So yeah. that'll be a little easier for yeah, us to And they kind of down to like 14 or 15 or something like that? They, I mean, everyone was sort of like, do you guys want to like <laughs> yeah. gear down a little bit when they went, we've just decided to double the number of pay-per-views. And everyone was like, whoa, whoa holy moly, calm thine self. It was, it was too much, man. Yeah. Like it was proven for people that don't, we don't do this full-time. Like mm-hmm. if we did it full-time, yeah, it wouldn't be a problem. It'd be like great. If we were a Dave Meltzer or Brian Alvarez. All that content. Yeah. Apparently that Brian Alvarez guy reviews shows like four times. He does like, like four different them? no like f- four different podcasts like multiple podcasts because he does one with Dave Meltzer yeah and he does one with some other guy and then I think there's like have, a third one you gotta have opinion you gotta have a lot of opinions he it's doesn't say much well. on the other two <laughs> yeah. fair enough <laughs> from what I've heard but yeah I think there's like three or four maybe it's only three but that's crazy we 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 have so many opinions that we're, <laughs> yeah. gonna, we're we've decided to divide them up yeah into. Um, the next episode that you'll see, which is the actual episode episode for Survivor Series 2017. But we knew we'd want to talk about TakeOver, and so we decided we'd give you this little little mini... Little sandwich. Sneaky bonus. Like the sandwiches that are cut into little triangles. Like the, you get it like a train station? Yeah like a, yeah, like a tray, and they're all like the individual sandwiches. Oh, yeah, sandwiches. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to this crustless, <laughs> diagonally sliced bonus episode of Sidewalk Slam. We're going to be talking about <laughs> NXT TakeOver War Games. Yeah. From wherever the pay-per-view was. Uh, where the heck was this pay-per-view? Were they in Houston? Houston. Yeah, they are in Houston. Houston, because this was in the same... This was the same venue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the same venue. No, no? They, they, I don't think they were ever in the same arena. Oh, no, they were. They were have, they? They have done before. I don't know where this one was. Yeah. Let me look it up. I don't think they... Because when we saw the... They didn't do the same. Well, obviously they didn't do the same arena. I don't think for the big shows they do the same arena because they didn't for. I thought they did for SummerSlam. The one we went to. Maybe, oh, SummerSlam. maybe the one at SummerSlam they do. Anyway, this this was from the Toyota Center. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we just wanted to. I mean, so I don't actually really watch NXT mm-hmm. like week on week, um, but I will watch the takeovers because they're generally pretty entertaining. And we just wanted to talk about this one. Just sort of like, I mean, for me, almost from an outsider perspective, because all I have going into this is the little video packages. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I wanted to talk about war games. I'm not, like, super religious about watching NXT, yeah. but I try very hard yeah. to, like, watch it, because it's a lot of fun. And uh, why is it called War Games? You'll find out when we get to the main event. <laughs> it's uh, it certainly is a heck of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, live from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, and brought to you by Mattel. Yeah, because they're trying to sell a toy now. Yeah. Again. Well, they always try to sell the same, a toy. See, this is the same toy I'm pretty sure they were trying to sell you last year because they had some kind of cage during the elimination. When was Elimination Chamber? Oh, you mean they're trying to they're trying to sell a toy of War Games? Yeah, but it's the same toy. It's like doesn't look like War Games. They Mauro Ronaldo like plugged it in the middle of the pay per view. Oh, he's I like here. That. He had the toy by the announcer's desk, and he's like, it's like. It's like a. It's got like an X over the top, and there's a belt hanging in the middle, and there's two shark cages on either side. That's not working. And I swear they were trying to sell this toy before. And I think it was when. Remember when Jericho got put in the shark cage? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. They used the. I'm not as familiar with the previous Wars game. You're not. Did 
did they always have the shark cage thing? Or were they, weren't, weren't they just in the back? Like the people who weren't oh, in the... Oh, um, yeah, well, in I mean, a lot it, of the... In some of the war games, they're actually just standing outside. Like, each team is on opposite... We'll come back, we'll come back yeah, to the main yeah, event. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, the, first, the first match was Cassius Ono yeah. versus Lars Sullivan. Yeah. I've never heard of or seen Lars Sullivan before. Uh, he's been doing squash matches on NXT. Okay, he's Obviously. this like he's like big. He's huge. He looks like he looks like uh, latter career Gene Snitsky. Yeah, or he looks like if you made Shrek into a human. Yeah, <laughs> like he's got this, pound for pound. He's got this like incredible chin and yeah. just is like this pile of dude. His muscle. legs are huge. He's just a big mean guy. Yeah, he's like. Braun Strowman, but not as tall. Yeah. He's just a big dude. And then Cassius Ono was in NXT, and this is Chris Hero? Yes, Chris yeah. Hero. He was in NXT, and then they let him go, and then they brought him back. Yeah. Do, pe do people like Cassius Ono? Like, you mean like the NXT crowd? Yeah. I think they do, but... <sighs> See, the, the main criticism... And this is only stuff that I hear uh -huh. from other podcasts and everything is that Ka Chris Hero slash Cassius Ono has always had a bit of a weight problem. Okay. And a lot of people think it's holding him back, but I've also heard rumors that he has, like, one of those weight problems that he just can't get it off. Right. Like, he obviously works hard. Yeah. Like, I can't, I don't see what he does on a day-to-day -day basis. I, but I mean, so, yeah, I, like, I'll, I'll agree that maybe he looks a little soft around the midsection. Yeah. But so do I. But I'm no wrestler, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. I think his outfit makes him look stupid. Yeah, it's and not I the flattering. It's not a flattering outfit. No, no. and he he just kind of seems to move slow and like not I, not that exciting to watch. Oh, I like him. Okay, but I like he did like a discus clothesline that was like da 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 <laughs> wham, and I was like that was like the most telegraphed. <laughs> to me, it looks powerful. That's what I think he's going for, is like that strong style, quote unquote. I like it. Hmm. I like right. Cassius Ono. Fair enough. And I always, always, every time I see him now, I'm reminded of uh, that sign we saw at PAX West, PAX Prime, and it was the Ono oh blob. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was saying Cassius Ono's name, like, oh right. no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was like the perfect big man match though they beat the crap out of each other yeah it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. i liked it it was like three three or four minutes it wasn't that long it wasn't knowing knowing basically nothing going in i figured that lars sullivan would win because they were talking about how he was basically undefeated in however many weeks yeah and it was like oh okay so this is they're building this monster yeah so okay okay sure. yeah lars sullivan won i could see lars being on the main roster mm-hmm Big dude. Second match was Alistair Black yep. versus the Velveteen <laughs> Dream. Now, during 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 Desert Bus, I was yeah. like, give me a random wrestler entrance and I'll like theme song and I'll try to do their entrance. And then the the person on tech didn't watch wrestling either, and so they just went to the WWE music YouTube channel and they were like, uh, this one looks interesting. And I was like, I have no idea who this is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, we'll have to pick another one. And it was Velveteen Dream, and I've like there's a picture of him with the glasses with the third eye, and I was like, I have never heard of this person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who they are. I don't watch NXT. Yeah. So this was my first my first introduction to Velveteen Dream, and really my first Aleister Black match that I've seen, even though I was vaguely aware of who he was from previous NXT uh, uh, stuff. And so I was like, okay, I don't I don't personally have anything invested in this. And I watched the the the, the video package, and it mm -hmm. was basically that 
Velveteen Dream wanted Alistair Black to just recognize that he exists. Basically. Specifically say his name, but like it was basically just sort of like, you know, acknowledge my existence. And it was never, it wasn't, it wasn't clear from that video package, and I, it remained, to me at least, it remained unclear throughout this match whether there was a face or a heel sort of dichotomy here. It just sort of seemed like two guys uh, fighting. So I had nothing invested going into this. Mm -hmm. This was, I think, the yeah, this was the most entertaining singles match of the night. This was, like, really interesting to yeah. watch and lots of fun. Yeah. Um, just two people who really know what they're trying to do with their character. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, yeah. Velveteen Dream is, like, I mean, obviously, like, kind of like Prince. Yeah. But mixed together with Gold Dust, but not as forward. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. definitely... Like, sexually forward, I guess? Well, definitely... Goldust was supposed to be androgynous, which yeah. I think he is... That's the kind of thing he's going for, too. Velveteen Dream... Well, I don't think Velveteen Dream is trying to be androgynous, but maybe uh, maybe uh, a, a wide spectrum of sexuality. Yeah. Uh, and it is... He's a very sexually charged character, just in how he moves and acts in the ring. Rick Rude is what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot of the, like, look at my amazing body, but there's also the, yeah, like, the the in-your-face sexuality aspects of, for example, Goldust, but not, like, but not in a way that's like, I'm gay, isn't that hilarious? Yeah, no, Because no, he's it's... not necessarily gay. No, he's not. And it's, we... it's very difficult to pin down, <laughs> which I think is totally intentional and yeah. much more interesting. His tights. Oh, yes. His tights were airbrushed with his face and Alistair Black's face, which yeah. is obviously very Rick Rude, because Rick Rude used to do that. Mm -hmm. Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior had a match in, like, it was, like, I guarantee, it was SummerSlam, I want to say, like, 91. 92 was the one in Wembley Stadium, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. 90 or 91, and Rick Rude did the same thing. He put, like, Warrior's face in yeah. his tights. That must have really upset. Like, that must have really upset Warrior for the like Warrior, Warrior for is a character or actual. No, I mean Warrior like the, 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 well, is there a difference between Warrior the character and Warrior the person? Who can say? <laughs> Tough to tell. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the whole the whole thing was the build up to this was Alistair or Velveteen Dream would come out and try to distract Alistair Black while he was having a match, and Alistair wouldn't even pay attention to him, mm -hmm. which was different, you know, like, usually it's like, oh, he got distracted, and then Alistair Black lost, and then now he's mad at Velveteen Dream, but now it's like, Alistair Black just did not give a fuck, yeah. and just ignores him the whole time, wins and, the match, still, yeah. and just, like, sit, does his, like, he does this cool, like, cross-legged thing. He just, like, he just, ring. like, sits in the ring and yeah. stares at people, trying to, like, trying to figure them out, yeah. trying to sort of, uh... Not necessarily trying to get a rise per se, but just sort of like, I'm here mm -hmm. and I'm happy to let you make the first move. Yeah. Sort of thing. You know, at the same time as like figuring him out. And that happened in this match where he sat down and then Dream was looking at him and being like, okay, fine. And then he also sat down and they just sort of like stared at each other for a bit. And it was actually like, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of tension in that moment, yeah. which is weird. It's unusual to be like, yeah, they just sat in the ring and it was really tense. Yeah. But this it's not often that you get that. There was a lot. It was just really interesting in-ring storytelling. And like I said, I couldn't tell by crowd reaction who the crowd was behind because they seemed to be behind both of them. Yeah. Couldn't tell from the video package if there was necessarily a good guy or a bad guy because it's like Velveteen Dream was being antagonistic, but Aleister Black 
came across kind of like a dick, and mm -hmm. so it was a little unclear, but... A lot of people have a problem mm. with the whole, like, who's the face and who's the heel thing. Yeah. And I think that as we've progressed, even in this year alone, mm -hmm. like, we've progressed to the point where there are a lot of matchups where it's just, like, kind of a gray area. Yeah. And they let, let the crowd, just the crowd can cheer for who Which they Which I think is to. great. I think it's cool. Yeah. And it's different, and that's the kind of era of wrestling we're in now. And, I mean, love it or hate it, like, it's kind of just, that's where it's kind of progressed. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of like the... I guess some people call it the John Cena effect. But know? this was this was super interesting though, because yeah. it wasn't like a they weren't playing to good guy, bad guy tropes. It was just sort of you know, it was They're both just being their characters. Yeah. yeah. And Which, at the end of the match, Alistair Black wins the match yeah. and then gets a mic and acknowledges Velveteen He's, Dream's existence. He says, Enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. And yeah. the crowd was like chanting, say his name, say his name, yeah. say his name throughout the whole thing. It was pretty great. So it's like it's a victory for <laughs> Alistair Black, but also kind of a moral victory for Velveteen Dream. And yeah. it was like, oh, this is it's super interesting. I loved how Velveteen Dream looked when he was like at the end of the match. He was selling the black mask, like holding his job, but also like reaching out towards Alistair Black when he's doing like the cross-legged thing. Mm -hmm. Like right when he said his name, it was awesome. Yeah. It was so much fun. This match was a lot of fun. And I would see this, I could see this match topping a lot of people's you're endless. It was really good. I gotta go back and just remember what matches happened this year. Because yeah. Oh yeah, we gotta do that pick. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next, they played a video package which was very helpful for the <laughs> women's match. This is a fatal four-way women's match for the vacated yeah. NXT women's title. After 700-something days... Five, well, it was only 500. It's, it wasn't 700, but she wasn't there for two years. Well, oh, because I guess it's been it's been vacant for a while, though, because she yeah. left due to injury. I don't know. Anyway, after a longer win streak than Goldberg, Oscar yeah. uh, vacated the NXT Women's Title undefeated to join the main roster. Yeah, and we'll be talking about her in the Survivor Series episode because she's part of Team Raw. And uh, so this is a Fatal Four Way match, and uh, going from again. So I don't watch NXT. So going from the video package. Yep. It talks about Kyrie Sane, yep. who uh, is a pirate. Is a pirate princess. <laughs> so she won the Mae Young Classic, which was a women's only tournament that they had, which apparently was great. And I, I didn't, didn't watch. Didn't it. get a chance to see, yeah. but I, I do want to go back and watch it. And has an astonishing elbow drop, mm -hmm. where she just gets amazing height and just leads with the elbow. <laughs> yeah. And so she won that, but also her character. And so she's also a very stiff Japanese wrestler, similar to Asuka, mm -hmm. but also. Wears like a pirate hat and has a spinning, like captain's wheel prop, which is totally adorable and ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Royce, who is from Australia and looks like she's from Australia and is just like <laughs> a complete like prissy queen. Like yeah. she's uh, she's iconic. One half of the iconic duo with um, Billy Kay. Billy Kay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nikki Cross, who is part of Sanity, who actually we saw at TakeOver San Antonio yeah. last year, uh, and her thing is that she's crazy yep. and Irish. Yes. She's the Belfast Banshee. <laughs> they call Killian Dane something like that, too. Oh, he's he's the, the Beast of Bannockburn. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Ember Moon, who is a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Possibly. That's actually the perfect way to sum up those four characters. Un, yeah, un, unproven. But <laughs> unproven werewolf. We, we believe she's a werewolf. Yeah. Well, there's the moon, and she's got the eyes, and she howls, and it's like, yeah. are you a werewolf, or do you... 
do you have, is your other can a werewolf? <laughs> anyway, so the expectation, my expectation going into this was as much as I'd like to see the title just progress smoothly to Kyrie Sane as another, or sorry, Kyrie Sane as another just dominating Japanese lady in this in this division, yeah. and that it would probably go to Ember Moon because she and Asuka at least had an extensive rivalry for the title, and Ember Moon had has a, I know she has a lot of fan support, and she she had a lot of matches for the title, which was ultimately unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, so that that was my guess based on the video package. Turns out that was correct, but this was a cool match. Yeah, dude, I really like this match. Yeah. It wasn't as, it felt like, I don't know, from like a mechanics perspective and as me watching it, it felt kind of busy up until there was a point where Amber Moon just kills Nikki Cross on the outside with a powerbomb. Man, Nikki Cross takes some bumps. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't do it. I'd be like, you want to take a powerbomb on the outside? I'm like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I was like, I'll pass. Yeah, and, and then it kind of like, it 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 went, it wasn't a long match. It was like, I want to say it was like 10 minutes or something. It, it felt quick. Yeah. It felt quick. Um, I'm trying to think of other spots. My memory is so bad. I should really be writing notes still for these. Kyrie Sane's, Kyrie Sane's yeah. elbow is, it's just a thing of beauty oh, yeah, to watch. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Who yeah. did she hit it on? She hits on Peyton Royce, I think. Um, I want to say. Somebody, oh, she murders It's sort him. of like R R Royce and Nikki Cross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, she, yeah. she hit, I believe she did most of the damage <laughs> storyline-wise. Yeah. As William Regal would have it, she did the damage to Peyton Royce, who was on top of Nikki Cross, but then tried to pin Nikki Cross, who yeah. didn't take the brunt of the elbow, so wasn't yeah. she wasn't able to, to pin. They also did a big, um, they did a, a Tower, of Doom. Tower of Doom suplex out of the... Do you think that's happening, like, too much? Nah. Nah. It's, it's like impressive it. looking. Yeah. It's still fun. The Tower of Doom is <laughs> when you get, like, multiple people stacked in the corner and you yeah. fling them across the... Yeah, and then Ember uh, the hit a pretty impressive, like... Double her finishing move is called the eclipse, mm. and she does like a top rope stunner. Basically, she jumps off and she jumps off the top rope and catches them, and they spin around. And she did yeah. it to Peyton Royce and Nikki Cross. Yeah, at the like, same time. At the same time, we were kind of like bear hugging each other a yeah. little bit. And then she pinned. <clears throat> pin it was Nikki, super cool. Pin Nikki Cross for the win. And then there was like a nice little moment afterwards where Oscar was there. Oscar came back to give her the to the hand title. the title over because yeah. they'd been fighting so much. Yeah. And then they hug about it. It was great. It was pretty great. The NXT Championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre, nay Galloway. Yeah. Well, not. I mean, his, he's Drew McIntyre in WWE. He was Drew Galloway on the Indies. Yeah. But he was Drew McIntyre before, went back when he was on SmackDown as Vince McMahon's chosen champion. <laughs> For and real? Then, I oh yeah. Any of those? I, oh, I missed that whole. He debuted. He had like pure white tights and like the Scottish flag on his on his. Uh, like knee pads, yeah. and he was like Vince. Like Vince was on the show. That's such he a was, WWE thing to do. Yeah, he was Vince's <laughs> chosen champion. He was like, this is this guy is going to be the next the next hotness. Like in storyline. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. Like in storyline, he was like it was Vince was there, and he's like, this is my guy, Drew McIntyre, and he was like, I remember even way back, this is like well before. Uh, Sidewalk That's a hell slam. of a way to start, though. Like Vince himself. I know. <clears throat> and but like, way way back, right? Like when he yeah. first debuted, I can't remember when this was. Even back then, Kathleen would be like looking over my shoulder and be like, "Why? Why have they made him a bad guy? 
I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, he's way too pretty. <laughs> but not not so pretty that you want to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> not like that he doesn't tip the met to the tipping point. Yeah, because he like... never he never really clicked, to be honest, on SmackDown. Like he he never won the title. Like the whole thing was that he was gonna or did he? God, did he though? <laughs> now I can't remember. Didn't he win the Intercontinental title? He definitely won the Intercontinental title. I don't think no matter whatever happened. whatever happened there, he then joined 3MB. Oh shit! He, really? was, he was the third um, guy in 3MB with Heath okay. Slater and Jinder Mahal. Oh. For for a period of time, Heath Slater was the only member, of, the only former member of 3MB who wasn't a world champion. Jesus. Then they, then, you know what I need? I need to go back and watch some of this. Was the 3MB stuff even any good? No, they were jobbers. They were so bad. Oh. They were just like, we're the, I don't even know if I want to go watch it. No, it's not good. Because yeah. Heath Slater's thing, by the way, Heath had like really long hair and it was super smooth and brushed and looked really <laughs> weird. He was yeah. the he was the one man band, baby. And so then 3MB was the three man band, baby. And they would just lose all the time. And so then then uh, Drew McIntyre eventually. What did Jinder act like? Uh, it's just he wasn't like he is now. No, he didn't have a very good character. Like didn't have much of a character. Yeah. So then uh, Drew McIntyre got fired, made a name for himself on the indie scene as Drew Galloway, got way, way better. Got way more muscular. Way more, yeah. Like, I saw a picture of him when he was, like, Drew McIntyre in the WWE, and he was mm -hmm. like, you know, he's in good shape. And then, like, now, the yeah. dude's huge. Yeah. He's, like, my height, but just jacked. <laughs> he's yep. just, like, unbelievably jacked. It's crazy. And so he came back then, and they put him into NXT, at least for now, and uh, he won the title from Bobby Roode, right? No, wait. Yes. Yeah, he beat Bobby yeah, Roode. Beat Bobby Roode for the title. I didn't think he was going to beat Bobby Roode, but no. he did. Well, then, but then Bobby's up on Bobby SmackDown. Up. So, yeah. so this is Drew McIntyre defending against Andrade Cien in air quotes Almas, who. What does Cien stand for? You know, I've never actually bothered. It's just a nickname. Yeah, what does it mean? I don't know. Hmm. I could look it up. You should. I really want to know. What does Cien <laughs> mean in English? Hundred. Oh, keeping it hundred. Ah, he's the hundred emoji. <laughs> Andrade hundred emoji, Almas. Yeah, I will not lie. Almas has grown on me. So, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you have a you have a better understanding of NXT than I yeah. do. As I understand it, Andrade Cien Almas uh, was a very popular, talented luchador in Mexico. Yes. And came in with a big head of steam in terms of... Well, they took the mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when he came to NXT, took the mask off him. Yeah. He's like a pretty dude. But people were like, this is great. He's awesome. He's going to be great in NXT. And people were really excited about it. And then he kind of sucked. Mm -hmm. Not because not he's bad in the ring, but just, just sort of landed with like a wet thud. Just like well, he showed up like wearing suspenders and a fedora. Yeah, it was really weird. And like they didn't really know what to do with his character. And then people, like people, were like hyped to see him. And then sort of realized they were like, "Oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be." Mm -hmm. But then he's turned around and gained gained a lot of that back and sort of found. This is the point of NXT. It sort of found his footing as what his character is supposed to be. And, we're, and they were like, is he a face? Is he a heel? They tried both and like nothing was really working. And they've, uh, they paired him up with Zelina Vega as a manager. Yeah. And uh, basically it looks like this feud was Cien had gotten back to a point where his character felt like he should be challenging for the title. And Zelina kept harassing Drew McIntyre being like, 
hey, Cien wants a title match. Cien wants a title match and getting like more and more aggressive about it, and, yeah. and which I believe culminated in like stapling a contract to Drew McIntyre at one point or sticking somehow a contract was affixed yeah. to I don't think they in this in, in, in this video package I don't yeah. know but and then McIntyre's like if he wants one he can come and tell me himself yeah. you know <laughs> and um, basically just belligerent uh like just, like just just harassed Drew McIntyre into being like, fine, I'll give you a match. Mm -hmm. There was like this totally awesome character arc for Almas mm -hmm. that was from when he debuted and he was like this kind of like supposed to be kind of like this fancy kind of charismatic baby face that we were supposed to cheer. Because he debuted really, a good guy, yeah. even though he was dressed like a twit. Yeah, and we didn't, we just like, nah, we don't, mm, no. We yeah. saw the suspenders and the fedora. If you wear a fedora, you were just universally, like, what's the first thing you think of when you think of a fedora? Yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna play well. lady. That's the first thing you <laughs> yeah. think of. It's the, the, the fedora, and yeah, it was like slacks, like white slacks, yeah. and then real thick suspenders, no shirt. To be clear, no shirt. Yeah. We may not have made that point relevant <laughs> enough. Real thick suspenders, no shirt, <laughs> and the fedora. Like, what's wrong with suspenders? This guy hates suspenders. Like, yeah, no, what's wrong with suspenders? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. have a shirt on, though. And he just came in, and he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like, oh, uh, could you not? But, um... So he debuted, and everyone's like, oh, kind of lukewarm on him. And he actually just lost, like, at every takeover. There was also that. There was also that. Yeah. So he just kept losing. And I don't know if it was just their, that was their, I, I highly doubt it was their plan. Like, this great arcing storyline. No. I just don't no. have enough faith. No. So he, like, the takeover we went to, he lost to Bobby Roode. Mm -hmm. um, no, no. I mean, not Bobby Roode. Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Yeah. yeah. He lost to Roderick Strong. And then the next takeover, the one in... Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I want to say, yeah. he, he actually beat Johnny Gargano. And that was kind of like where things started to turn. Ah. That was before, is it Selena or Zelina? Zelina. With Zelina. A, with a Z. It was before Zelina. And then he was like, well, I need to win more. But he was like losing matches because he was showboating. And then he got Zelina and Zelina was like, no, you cut that shit out. You stop showboating, mm -hmm. and you finish the match, and then she would like catch him in matches like showboating. Yeah. No, like spray him with like a water bottle. Like no, like stop it. And so he stopped doing it. And he started winning matches. Managers and, can be really, really good for character development. Yeah. And I hope this is the perfect example. The rumors are that Vince doesn't like managers, which is I, I hope is not true. But I mean, there's it's. I don't know. I have a complaint related to Survivor Series that we'll talk about. Okay. But, but then, yeah, all yeah, this finally she was, she was great. This, this match, and she was awesome in this match. There was a point where she tried to give uh, Drew McIntyre Hurricane Rana outside, mm. and he just caught her and, like, lifted her back up and put her back on the apron, which was great. Yeah. Um, Almas and... There was a point in this match where um, she put Almas's foot up on the ropes. Yeah. And uh, it was a, it was kind of awkward because mm, yeah. Drew I can't remember what the knockdown was but Drew got almost on the ground and then went to pin it was like leaning down to pin him grabbing the leg he was going to grab the leg closer to the ropes and then like aw awkwardly shifted direction at the last second to pin to grab the other leg and I was like oh yeah, she's because she's gonna put his leg up for a rope break and yeah. if Drew knows if he grabs that leg, that whole that bit won't work, yeah. and then that's exactly what happened. And I was like, mm, "That's awkward, guys." Yeah. But you know, I, just, I can't keep track. That of all was that really stuff. the only hiccup in this match. Yeah, and there was a great near fall right at the end where uh, Zelina got in the ring and gave Drew that like 
spike Hurricane Rana that Kalisto mm -hmm. does to Drew, yeah. and then almost hit his DDT, mm -hmm. and it was awesome near fall, and you were just like, holy crap. And then um, Drew Galloway hits the Claymore kick, and Almas kicks out, and the crowd's going nuts. Like, the crowd is absolutely going nuts for Almas. It's crazy. Yeah. I've never I've never seen that. No. Like, up until now. Obviously, this... I mean, it, this is a point that, like... The character progression works. progression works, yeah. yeah. And um, and then Almas hit his DDT, or Drew went for the Claymore again, and then, like, crotched himself. Yeah. And then Almas hit his DDT like from the ropes, mm -hmm. I think. And this apparently, Drew McIntyre was holding onto the rope when he went down oh. and he tore his bicep. So he's out till April. Oh, rough. Yeah. And we we thought that he was getting called up because oh. that's the only way Drew McIntyre was losing that title. Yeah. Because he's not going to like just stay in NXT. I don't think. Maybe he was getting called up, but now he just won't when he's yeah. back from But now he can just debut after WrestleMania, I guess, if he's back in April. Yeah. So... I don't know. It sucks for Drew. The match yeah. was awesome. All this is growing on me. I'm excited where it's going forward. I don't know who his next opponent's going to be because, like, could it be Adam Cole? But Adam Cole, I mean, Adam Cole's going to be a baby face no matter where he wrestles, no matter what he does. Yeah. Because we all love Adam Cole. I, I couldn't. Love Adam Cole. I, I couldn't tell if he was meant to be a good guy or a bad guy. Who? Adam Cole. I yeah. know people loved him, yeah. but that doesn't mean anything. He's supposed to be a bad guy. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because the n next we have... The War Games match. Yeah. What yeah. is a War Games match? Well, <laughs> a War Games. We can. So this one's. This is a, a Dusty Rhodes invention. The yeah. American Dream. Dusty Rhodes. R.I.P. Uh, inspired by Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, huh. yeah. Huh. And this is it. You remember? Remember when I described that really ridiculous? This was like in one of our first couple episodes, that really ridiculous TNA match. Yeah, like where they started outside the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a really stupid match. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, it's... It's just complicated. Like It's really complicated. The page of rules they had on screen. So let me, let me lay it out for you. It's two rings butted up against one another. Yeah. New technology, that metal plate on the ground to yeah. join them together. <laughs> Did, didn't used to have one of those. They <laughs> had like... They had like twenty plus war games matches back in WCW. They had a bunch of these. There was a bunch of them. The best one, which I actually watched recently, before they even announced the war games oh. match, I was like Wrestle War '92. Apparently, is the consensus best one. Okay. I was more partial to like the NWO era war games because that was my childhood. Right. But um, I watched Wrestle War '92, which was Sting Squadron, which had Sting. Uh, I want to say Nikita Koloff. Sting, Nikita Koloff, Ricky Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes, and... Sting, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Barry Windham. Barry Windham. Against That's the Dangerous it. Alliance, yeah. Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Steve Austin, yeah. Larry Zbysko, and Rick Rude. Yeah. So this was a two-team This was a two -team match. Yeah. In fact, aren't most of these two-teams? The, all of them are two teams. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and this, but this one, they had like a roof over it, but the roof was like, you couldn't stand on the top turnbuckle. Like you would, they would do things off the top rope where they would like hold on to the roof and then like swing and kick people. Wow. It was really funny. It was like super 90s. Like, I was just wow. like, oh my God. It was a lot of fun though. Everyone bled and then, yeah. So, anyway. the way that, it, so it's a little different from how it worked originally because before it was like always two teams of five and this was three teams of three. Yeah. But the way it works is it's two rings stuck yeah. together. There's a normal WWE steel cage around both rings, making one giant rectangular ring with ropes in the middle of it yeah. uh, and a big cage. 
Okay, so with three teams, one member of each team starts in the ring at the beginning. Yes. And the other members of the teams, for whatever reason, are put in shark cages at the top of the ramp. Yeah. So there's these three shark cages, each with two guys. Every five minutes, or three minutes, randomly another one of those cages will unlock if the lighting tech gets his cue right. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. yeah. And then those two people then get to join their one person in the match. No one, it's first team to make a pinfall or gain a submission wins the whole match, but yeah. you can't make a pinfall attempt or get or a submission attempt that counts until all members of all three teams are in the match. Yes. And if a member of any team escapes <laughs> the cage for any reason, they forfeit for their team. Yeah. Everyone clear on They'll all be that? Clear on, yeah, there'll be a test after the video. So the match was Sanity, or the members of Sanity that aren't Nikki Cross, who was in the Women's Fatal 4-Way earlier, which is to say Eric Young, Alexander Wolfe, and Killian Dane. Yeah who was in the Honor of the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at yes, WrestleMania, versus The Undisputed Era, which is Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish, <laughs> who needs to think of a better commando name. <laughs> I like it. Versus... I uh, love Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. Versus uh, the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, which came up in the preamble video for this. The Authors of Pain, who we've talked about before, their manager, Paul Ellering, mm -hmm. was in the very first War Games yep. match yeah. with um, the Road Warriors and a couple other folks versus the Four Horsemen. Yep. Yeah. I think the Four Horsemen were in a lot of War Games. It was uh, the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rose, and Paul Ellering versus the Four Horsemen, which was five of them. There were five Four Horsemen. It was Ric <laughs> Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and James Dillon. Well, like, James Dillon was their manager. But he was in the, technically he was, he was in the match. In them. Yeah. Anyway, this was brutal. Yeah, this match was a lot of fun though. It was a lot of fun, but it looked exhausting. Yeah. So the, the preamble was basically that uh, none of these groups like each other much. Well, it kind of all started like, <laughs> like last, last takeover, the Undisputed Era showed up. Well, they debuted. Like O'Reilly and Fish attacked Sanity after they won the tag belts from the Offensive Paint. Right. And then after Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Roode, Kyle, or Adam Cole showed up and beat up Drew McIntyre with Fish and O'Reilly. And Adam Cole is a very popular known quantity from the indie scene. Very popular. Uh, his chant is, Adam Cole, baby, which sounds a lot like Jericho's thing. Yeah. And, and I mentioned earlier, the one-man band, baby is a good thing to say <laughs> after your name. Yeah. Anyway, he's, so he's very popular. Yeah. I assume Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish have, They're pop they have were similar, similar, if smaller popularity. They were a tag team called Red Dragon on the oh, okay. Indies. Okay, you okay. may have heard. I watched a few of their matches before this. I wasn't like an expert on them, but the matches I watched, I was like, hey, that was a lot of fun. They're good. They're like the very like, like uh, striking technical kind of wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Like the kind of stuff that usually, unless they change their style a little bit doesn't really mesh that well in the WWE. What are, um, I'm just trying to think of who else I know, what other tag teams I know of in NXT. What are the Mighty Don't Kneel up to? They got, one of them got injured. Ah, rough. Like, okay. whenever they had that. The Dusty Rhodes the, Classic. Yeah, they haven't been back since then. Blake and Murphy aren't a thing anymore. Um, I think Murphy's kind of wrestling somewhere. In the, and he's wrestling in NXT still, but like just randomly. Hmm. So it's just Authors of Pain, I guess Undisputed Era now. And then Sanity. Hmm. And, oh, there's uh, Heavy Machinery. 
Oh, right. Those two big dudes. The one guy looks like Braun Strowman. Which two big dudes? Because don't don't like Dozovic and something else. Akeem and Razor. Yeah. Akeem? Occam. Occam. Yeah. Oh, right. Occam and Razor. I forgot about that. I had blissfully forgotten. Someone in the about WWE last time we was like, yes! Last time we, we talked about one. the Authors of Pain. Yeah. Occam and Razor. Anyway, so them and Roderick Strong are... They, they, they were away... One of them got injured? They were out for a while. And Occam and Razor hadn't been around since they had lost the tag team. They just hadn't been seen. And they, they just seen. And they, they showed just up showed to help Roderick Strong when he was... Because Ro- Undisputed Era wanted Roderick Strong to join them. Right. This and he, he made a show. They did with Sanity and Tyler Ty Dillinger. And he made a show of it. Like, he came out with one of their armbands and was like, yeah. Look, I'm a part of the Undisputed Era. And then Authors of Pain came out and attacked Undisputed Era. And then he ripped his armband off, was like, Fooled you. I'm actually beating you up. <laughs> so he came out for this, also dressed like the Authors of Pain, which was kind of. Which was kind of funny. Yeah. With like the the, the mask and everything. The, the yeah. mask and the like combat pants. Yeah, dude. Um, so yeah, it's uh, um, it started with basically the leaders uh, of each faction in yeah. the match. It was Eric Young from Sanity, Adam Cole from Undisputed Era, and Roderick Strong from the the Authors of Pain slash Roderick Strong team. Which which uh, I guess I was like, do you want to do that? Do you not want to do that? I don't know the strategy for war games. Is there strategy for war games? This is the first time we've had a triple threat war games. Who yeah. knows? Um, Undisputed Era. Uh, Adam Cole takes charge in the in the ring against Young and Strong, and then Undisputed Era comes out, and so they're sort of like then they just have a massive numbers game because yeah. there's three of them versus two individuals, so they just beat the tar out of the other two. But then Occam and Razor. Show up, oh, and the matches every time like the matches turns into absolute chaos the second the Authors of Pain get in the ring. They're both very <laughs> big boys. Yeah, they've grown on me too. Yeah. I, when they were like initially wrestling earlier this year, I was like, eh, just more big dudes. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It takes a lot for a big dude to impress me these days because I'm just like, eh, yeah, that's not what I want. But so they beat people up, and then uh, the last team, which of course is uh, Sanity, Alexander Wolf. Who reminds me of someone in his face? There's something that he looks like a, an actor. I can't remember who. Uh-huh. And Killian Dane, who's as I said, the the Beast of Bannockburn, this <laughs> giant. He's a big Scottish boy. Uh, he can move too. Yeah. So they come out, but before they get to the ring, they start grabbing stuff from under the ring. Yeah. To to really change the change the landscape of this match. And the <laughs> crowd's chanting for tables, and they get the tables, and they put the tables in the ring. And, the best part, and I think might be my favorite moment of the year, mm-hmm. was when Killian Dane locked the cage and then swallowed the key. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, yes, wrestling. The best part about it is that, like, at the end of the thing, after the winners are there, like, yeah. nobody can leave. Yeah, it's like they're all locked in there forever. They just get the chairs and start sitting down. Yeah. Like, everyone, like, all the, the people in all two losing teams are just, like, scattered around the ring. And the people in the winning team are like, well, I guess I'm going to sit in one of these busted steel chairs then because I can't leave. <laughs> it was so great. I was like, and it, especially it felt like the mood of the match changed. A lot more violent when Sanity got there, which I really liked. It was a nice touch. Whoever yeah. put that, I, I'm assuming that was on purpose. Oh yeah, because like whoever put that match together, the second Sanity got there, it was just like, all right, all right, time for a bunch <laughs> of people to get busted open. Yeah, because like Alexander Wolf got busted open. Pretty bad. He got stapled in the ring. No way. I'm pretty sure he got staples wow. in the ring. He had a lot of blood. Yeah, uh, Eric Young got his nose. He was bleeding out of his nose. Yeah, I don't think anybody else was bleeding, but they were all beat up. Oh, um, it looked brutal. Killian Dane spent about five minutes kicking the crap out of 
everybody. Mm -hmm. He did this awesome, like, coast-to-coast. -coast. Um, Adam Cole had climbed up on top of the cage mm -hmm. to get away from everybody. And um, Killian Dane climbs up on the top rope, and he had put a garbage can next to Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. And he, like... Points at Adam Cole and is like, "This is your friend," and then like just jumps and drop kicks the, the trash can. It was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" Yeah, the match was just chaos. It was it was so much fun. There's a bit where uh, Adam Cole is trying to escape uh, between rings, yeah. and it was, um, I think, I, I want to say it was Eric Young, and it might have actually been Eric Young and Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong. Yeah come up from either ring to the to the, the two turnbuckles. So he's like standing on the turnbuckles between the rings and they come up to those turnbuckles and try to fight him. Yeah. But then Eric Young on one side, Roderick Strong on the other side, mm -hmm. Undisputed Era on Eric Young, Sanity on Roderick Strong, yeah. and then Occam on one tower and yeah. Razor on the other tower. Yeah. And it was two <laughs> simultaneous Tower of Doom spots. Yeah. Maybe they are doing the Tower of Doom too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it was sweet. And there was a Synchronized great... Towers of Doom, and then Adam Cole's just like, did I get away with that? <laughs> yeah. It's mm. awesome. <laughs> I'm invincible. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's when, after he, that's when he had climbed to the top of the Then ring. he climbed away, yeah. And then um, there was a cool moment where he climbed to the top of the ring, and he looked like he was going to jump off, and then Roderick Strong was standing there. And Roderick Strong chased him up there, and mm -hmm. they did, like, a big suplex spot off there. Crowd chanting, please don't die. Yep. And they were setting it up. It was pretty that awesome. That was they really I was scared, man. I was, like, watching it, and I was like, please, God, don't let anybody fall. I'm, I'm glad that was the finish of the match, because I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. That was a suplex off the top of the cage. Yeah. Holy shit. shit. Holy shit is right. And then... Uh, so, yeah, then Adam Cole gets the pin on uh, Roderick Strong. No, yeah. Adam Cole does that shining wizard knee to... Eric Young. Eric Young That's had, like, the chair. and That's Which was, was. weird, because, like, that. Eric Young was, like, getting up, and he had, like, the chair, but then he's, like, I don't... The thought process in kayfabe is, like, I guess it's the thrill of the moment, but, like... I'll use the chair Adam to protect me, myself. but just had the chair <laughs> drove into his head. Yeah, that's... So, yeah, sorry, Adam Cole got the pin on, on Eric, Eric Young, Young. Yeah. after... So, Undisputed Era won. Yeah, so... And I'm assuming... For Undisputed Era. Adam Cole goes for the title, and then Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley feud with Sanity for the tag titles. That's what I'm assuming TakeOver the, at the Rumble is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also, um, comparing... There are different body types, but can, comparing Killian Dane and his discus clothesline mm -hmm. to Cassius Ono's power moves. Yeah. When... It, it looks powerful when Killian Dane does it. Okay. To me, anyway. Yeah. Not as much when I'm, Cassius like, Ono I'm does biased it. That's Cassius Ono because I've always kind of liked him, like, as yeah. Chris Hero, with the stuff I've watched, so... I have no dog in the fight, so I've just been sort of like... The arm thing looks dumb. Mm -hmm. His whole outfit doesn't do him any favors. No, the basketball jersey like, doesn't. It's really like Nia Jax. It's just her outfit doesn't do her any favors. No, nope. you know, gotta gotta tweak the costuming a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, that was that was NXT Takeover. This isn't meant to be an exhaustive thing. It was a shorter show anyway. But that's that's it for this little mini episode. Um, you'll be seeing the Survivor Series episode as soon as um, Ben can get that out the door. Uh, also, he's working on loading time for uh, Desert Bus, which is turns out we have a lot of footage for. So, um, you know, he's going to do that as quickly as possible. But we figured putting this in its own thing would give us a little chance to go a little deeper on war games uh, without um, 
uh, bogging down the Survivor Series. Yeah, episode. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd say this about every NXT show, but it's like, I liked it. It was super, <laughs> it's like, it was super fun, yeah. It's always good. <laughs> so uh, until next time, I'm on, uh, just sort of real quick, I'm on Twitter, at Graham underscore LRR. Yes, and I'm on Twitter, at Wake Up Super. And this show and all of our stuff is brought to you by you and your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash Run. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon for Survivor Series. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>